0: Welcome, I'm Francis Lamb and this is Weeknight Kitchen with Melissa Clark. A show that gets you home psyched to make dinner. Melissa is a best-selling cookbook author and a New York Times food columnist, and this week, she's all about a technique that might forever change your relationship with chicken.
1: Have you ever spatchcocked a chicken? If you haven't, you are gonna be in for learning something that is going to change your weeknight roasted chicken game because it cooks so much faster um, than a whole roasted chicken. So, okay, I've got my chicken right here. I have a, how much does this weigh? A 4.3 pound chicken and it's wrapped up, you know how they always come wrapped up in plastic? And I'm gonna open it, my little kitchen shears. You know, opening chicken is kind of dicey because you don't want the liquid to get everywhere. You can do it over the sink, just snipping it free. Now, the thing about chicken is um, some people want to rinse their chickens, but don't do it. You don't need to rinse your chicken because, first of all, if there is some bacteria on the chicken skin, you're just going to get it in your sink. So that's a bad idea. And second of all, anything that's there is going to cook off in the oven. What I do instead is just pat it dry with paper towels. Paper towels, I'm gonna pat this chicken dry. The very nice looking chicken. It's got the little weird absorbent paper thing stuck to it, so I'm gonna get rid of that. And you know, paper towels are your friends here because the chicken will leak juices, just absorb them with a paper towel and then you can throw them out. All right, now always check the chicken cavity for the little sack of innards. You know, these days a lot of chickens don't even come with the innards anymore. They sell them separately. And I miss them when I don't have them because I really like the neck. Okay, and the liver too. I actually saute the liver and put it on toast. Okay, so this one doesn't have any liver, but it does have, ooh, it's got gizzards. So the gizzards are gonna go for stock. I'm gonna save those, don't waste anything and I'm going to save my neck. I'm actually going to roast the neck along with the chicken because the roasted neck is better for stock. It has more flavor. So I'm just going to put this to the side, and now I'm going to spatchcock the chicken, and boy, I wish you could see this, but I'm going to describe it to you in the best way that I can. So you can use a knife, but I have really good heavy-duty kitchen shears. They weren't expensive, and... I really, I'm telling you, spatchcocking will change your weeknight chicken game entirely, so it's worth investing in a pair. And what I'm doing is, I'm going, I mean, imagine just regular scissors, you could use regular scissors, by the way, it's harder, but they will work, just wash them really well. Okay, so what I'm doing is I've put the shears in and I'm gonna cut right next to the backbone. So the shears are on one side of the tail. I'm just gonna cut the chicken next to its spine. And that's it. And now I'm gonna open up the chicken. So the chicken is breast side down. It's got its little legs stuck to the side, just kind of opening it. You could cut the backbone out entirely. Some spatchcock recipes want you to do that. I don't think it's necessary. I just roast the whole thing. I'm gonna flip the chicken over. So now I'm flipping it over and right now it is breast side up. And I am going to just use my hand my palm of my hand. I'm laying it flat on the chicken breast and I'm going to break the, um, the keel bone, which is the bone that connects the chicken breasts together. I don't know if you could really hear that. There we go. And this just helps it lie a little bit flatter. That took, what, 30 seconds? Takes even less when you've done it a couple of times and you're not actually trying to explain it. Always wash your hands when you're well, always wash your hands constantly anyway because your hands are your best kitchen tool. So keep them clean. Now that I have my spatchcock chicken, I'm going to make spatchcock chicken with roasted grapes and sherry vinegar. It's also got fennel seeds and lemon zest, olive oil, and it's delicious. First up, zesting of the lemon. Now most of the lemons in my fridge are naked. They're pre-zested because I turns out I use more lemon zest than juice, which is a little weird, but that's how we roll here in the Clark Gurkha household. My husband's last name is Gurkha. All righty. Lemon zest. Oh, and salt. So yes, we need... So a chicken needs a lot of salt. Don't skimp on it. You need two to three teaspoons per chicken. Don't be afraid of the salt. It is going to... You know when you have chicken at someone else's house, you're like, why is their chicken so good? It might be just because they add more salt than you do. So just add a lot of salt. And then the fennel seeds, which I'm gonna crush. I'm not gonna completely grind them, but I'm gonna pound them a little bit in a mortar pestle just to release their oils. I keep a little marble mortar pestle situation right next to my stove because I use it all the time. I make a lot of chai and it's good for that too. Good for fennel seeds, it's good for cumin seeds. If you don't have one of these, you can just use your side of the knife on a cutting board. You could use a rolling pin on a cutting board. Smash it down. I'm smelling it. I'm smelling (laughs) it because it smells so good. I love the smell of fennel. Have you ever had fennel tea? It's delicious. And apparently, it's very good for your stomach, digestively. All right, so I've got my salt. I've got my lemon zest. I've got my fennel seeds black pepper. Always grind it yourself. So much better. And now I'm going to make a paste with a little olive oil. I have two different kinds of olive oil on my counter at all times. One is my super good olive oil for salads, my special oil. And then the other is my everyday extra virgin for cooking. And that's what I'm going to use here just enough to moisten everything. And now I'm gonna rub this lovely paste all over my chicken. On the top of the chicken, I'm gonna get under the skin, I'm gonna get behind, you know, on the underside of the bird, under its little wings, and after I rub it on, I'm gonna let it sit in the fridge for at least an hour. Although, really, if you didn't have an hour, you could actually just let it sit at room temperature for 15 minutes while you preheated your oven. It's not as good as if you let it sit for an hour or two, but it's still pretty darn delicious. It's like giving my chicken a little massage. Massage, actually it's more like an exfoliation in a way because it's kind of gritty. This chicken is living it up. Um, If you can do this the night before, even better. You know, the longer you can marinate your chicken, the longer you can let it sit with its seasonings, this the better it becomes, you know, up to really up to 48 hours. And when you let it sit in the fridge, always leave it uncovered. Because if you dry out the chicken skin, it's gonna be even more crisp. So if you have the space to just take your spatchcock chicken, put it on a rim baking sheet, and put it in the fridge just like that, it's gonna be crispier for it. However, if you don't throw it in a Ziploc bag, it'll be fine. All right, I'm gonna let that sit, and we will be right back.
0: Hey, let's give that chicken a little time to itself, shall we? And Melissa will be right back. Okay, so back to Melissa and her recipe for chicken and grapes with sherry vinegar.
1: And we're back. I have just taken my chicken out of the fridge and I have been leaving it on the counter for 15 minutes while my oven heats up. And the reason I'm doing that is because if you put an ice cold chicken in the oven, I mean, it's gonna be fine, it's not a big deal, but if you let the whole thing come to room temperature or at least somewhat come to room temperature, it will cook more evenly. This is especially true with meats like chicken, where you really want the whole thing to cook evenly. For a piece of beef or a steak, it doesn't matter, because if the inside is a little bit cold, it'll actually get you meat that's a little more juicy and rare in the center. So this is just for very large pieces of meat or chicken. So I'm gonna throw it in the oven, start it cooking, and then I'm gonna prepare my grapes. I'm gonna set the timer for 20 minutes. And in the meantime, I will get my grapes all ready. So these roasted grapes, this is something that you may not have done before. I've got seedless grapes, although you can use grapes with seeds. And I'm gonna actually leave them, I'm gonna cut them into little bunches, but kind of leave them on their stems just because it looks pretty that way. You could also just take the grapes right off of their stems. But just using my kitchen shears to cut them into cute little bunches. Just imagine Cleopatra feeding herself grapes, you know, hanging it over your mouth, nibbling away. It's very decadent looking. Um, Make sure the bunches are smallish, though. Like, each one has maybe 6 to 12 grapes on it. So, what roasting does to grapes is it condenses their juices. They kind of dry up a little bit, and they get so sweet, they turn into, like, half-grape, half-raisin hybrids. They're delicious. Let me grab a bowl. I'm putting my grapes in a bowl. I have already washed them. And now I'm gonna toss them with a little bit of oil, a little bit of salt, and a little bit of sugar, just a teeny bit of sugar. This is just gonna help them caramelize. Which is a good thing, because it turns out I only have a teeny bit of sugar left. But it's gonna be enough. I wonder where all my sugar went in the sugar bowl. Hmm, Dahlia. and black pepper. So I'm gonna add these grapes to the same roasting pan along with the chicken after the chicken has cooked for 20 minutes. Just to, I don't know if I mentioned this, so just I wanna make sure that you're visualizing this in your head. I'm using a rimmed baking sheet pan. I'm not using a deep roasting pan. And this is important because I want the low sides for maximum evaporation, especially with grapes. Grapes have a lot of juice. You know, we make wine out of them. So they're juicy. As they roast, they're going to shrivel, and the juices need somewhere to go. Otherwise, if you do this in a large roasting pan, it will be good, but you'll get kind of... It won't be crisp. You don't get like grapes that are sort of swimming in their own juices. So definitely use a sheet pan here. Alrighty, let's add the grapes to the pan. Got my oven mitt. I'm going to pull the oven rack out a little bit. It's going to be easier for me to throw the grapes in there. And we're going to let it finish cooking. It'll probably take another 20-25 minutes. I'm going to pull my chicken out of the oven because it's done and it is gorgeously brown. It's really, it's burnished, it's stunning. And the grapes are shriveled. There is some burn bits on the bottom of the grape pan, which is fine, it's nice caramelization. Okay, so I'm going to take my chicken off the roasting pan and I'm gonna take the grapes off the roasting pan and put them onto a serving platter. Now I'm going to take my roasting pan and I'm going to place it over two burners of my stove. Okay, So my, my rimmed baking sheet is going directly on the burners. This is not a technique you see very often, but it works great. And I'm going to turn the heat to low. So I have my heat on low, I've got my roasting pan, my baking pan right over the burner, and I'm going to drizzle in a little bit of sherry vinegar. I'm using, it's like a spatula, like a wooden spatula, and I'm going to scrape up all of the brown bits, and the sherry vinegar is starting to, it's getting hot, and it's helping me, the acid and the heat are helping me scrape those brown bits right up from the pan. And okay, those brown bits, in French cooking that's called the fond, which is it means basically the bottom, the bottom of the pan, and that is where all the flavor is, and that is your sauce. So you just wanna do this for a minute or two until everything comes free. And now, this is the fancy part. I mean, it's not that fancy, but it's so worth it. I'm gonna pour this into a, I'm gonna pour this It's not very much, just a little. I'm going to pour it into a saucepan right on the side of the stove that I have. It's very little. I'm going to put the saucepan over the heat. And I'm going to put it over low heat. And I'm just going to stir with a whisk. And I'm going to add a little bit of butter. I just add some cubed butter right here. And I'm throwing it in the pan. And I'm just going to whisk it in until... The butter is melted and it basically, it's gonna thicken into a sauce in about two minutes. It doesn't take much. If you find that you don't have any liquid, like you need more liquid in the bottom of the pan, you can put in a little water to help you deglaze, a little chicken stock, a little wine. If you don't have sherry vinegar, wine is a great substitution because you're probably gonna drink it with dinner anyway, so open it a little early. Okay. So my sauce is done, it's glossy and thick. I'm gonna carve my chicken, put it on the platter with my grapes, and call the family because it's dinner time. Talk to you next week.
0: Melissa Clark is a New York Times food columnist and author of Dinner Changing the Game. Next week, Melissa comes in hot with a recipe for shredded tofu with spicy ground chicken and edamame. Wrap it up in lettuce leaves and go to town, and just so you know, our producer Sally had an aside in the script to me that said, I love this recipe. I make it every week in all caps. We live this life, y'all. And don't forget you can find this week's recipe, chicken and grapes with sherry vinegar, and info on all the tools and ingredients Melissa puts to work at weeknightkitchen.org. And while you're there, you can sign up for the Weeknight Kitchen newsletter, where you'll find recipes from the latest cookbooks in your email. It lands in your inbox every Wednesday. I am Francis Lamb and thank you for listening.